happy day, my Vibers. Today is such a great day because today I'm going to bring you something that I'm really excited about. Someone we found at the beginning of the year and that I wanted to share with you. Our guest today is Guillermo Leal. Guillermo is the owner of Cycle Bar West U, our favorite ride. Right, Rusk? Absolutely. And workout for, for he and I. We just love, love going there. Guillermo is also one of our sponsors, so I'd love to get you all to know him and also to get excited for what he's bringing to the table, and we're excited to have you, Guillermo. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Alicia and Rusk. Uh, super excited to be here, and uh, yeah, uh, looking forward to sharing with you guys my experience, and so happy that you guys Thank love you. the studio. Uh, oh, we do. We love the studio. We do. You know what? At the end of last year, and I think this is a topic that I've I've brought up on the podcast, is that I was going through like a wellness journey, you know, so I was going through like a lot of changes. I was looking for cardio. My doctor was like, find cardio that you really like. The other cardio I was doing was really hurting my knees. So I needed to do something that was fun, that was exciting, music, and yours, your workout was like so perfect because... I remember thinking to Rusk, like, you know, these people are like coming on Southwest Freeway. This is before you even opened. This was maybe six right. months before. Yep. And we saw something on Instagram that popped up and said something like, coming to you, West U, Southwest Freeway. We're like, oh, that's yes, not too right. far from us. Yes. It's actually right off of West Park. Yep. We live in we live on West Park in Derry Ashford. So it's like a straight shot, Guillermo. So for me, it was like a way for me to also get a Get a good workout and like also work on my wellness journey because I've started that wellness journey right. probably um, January 1st, I think. Well, we started right? January 28th, been in January. Yeah, for me, my wellness journey though. Oh, it was the wellness like, journey, yeah, right. Yeah. But you had, uh, but you also had issues with your knees, so we found this time. I be, did. I right. found I had issues with my knees. Right. I couldn't uh, work out, you know, usual, you know, sprinting and, and running and that kind of thing. It was too hard for me. So why cycle oh. bar? So, so I, I started actually two ventures. The one of them was on my own, still lifting off the ground, which is developing technologies and uh, helping people, technical people connect with investors okay. and develop patents. So I've been working that with my dad, who's also an engineer retired. I've been working that, but I also wanted a model franchise uh -huh. that, okay. that, that I said, okay, how do I go in a separate, something that is not related to energy yes. well. Something fun. Right. A different yeah. kind of yes. energy. Yes. Yes. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Something positive. And yeah. it's also, yep. we've been there, like Alicia mentioned, it's sexy. Yeah, yep. it is. And, and, and I, thought, I, thought, I, thought, I thought it was, it was um, it's a way to also help the community. Yes. Yeah. Right? So, so what I found on it was when I was working on oil and gas, uh, indoor cycling and cycling has been a refuge for me. Not only to help me stay in shape and feel strong, but also a disconnect from yeah, all the nonsense sure. and all the noise that we surround sure. ourselves. You come out of there and you'll see most people will be like dying, but they're happy. They're it's glowing. It's a happy joy. Right? Yes. And yeah. I wanted to provide that. Right. Yeah. And I also felt that there's many things that happened for me to get into cycling. One of them is I always connected cycling with happiness. So I said, I, I want to be able to provide this. And also, I always feel that customer service has been, I, it's horrible. Yeah. It's just in a general basis. It's horrible. People, you know, you go get a coffee. I'm, I'm a big coffee drinker. And you go to a coffee place, and I, I'll ask you, how many times do people even acknowledge when you come into a coffee place? Right. They don't even care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just like, it's not that you're, you know, I, I don't expect that much attention, but I do want to be acknowledged in this transaction. No, and I you think know? any customer, I think that's right. the definite the definite key word is yes. acknowledge yes. and be recognized for being there and, yeah. and, and 
yeah. and and grateful for being yeah. there. Because you don't exist without them. That's you something don't. I think yes. people forget. You it's right. like it, you your customer is everything. Yes. So uh, so so how do you keep them engaged? How do you keep them happy? How do you want them to come back? Well, then you just reflect on yourself, and that's what I've been exactly. doing, right? I've been trying uh, really hard and forcing that. You know, I want to. It's very simple, right? Like. What is that saying? Treat treat everybody like you want to be treated. treated yeah. And that's true. Yeah, right? the golden the rule. Golden right? Rule. The golden right. rule. One, you know, and don't don't be a salesman, right? And I'll say that, you know, tongue in cheek, right? Yes. But what I mean is is people don't want to feel like a dollar bill either. Right. So like I want to sell you don't want to feel like you're being sold to all, all the, the time. time. Correct. Yeah. People Correct. like that's the product. So true. The sales will come on their own. Correct. Yeah. Right. And so yeah. you don't really have to try very hard the product and the services there and the honestly the personal relationship with someone yes. creates yes. that sense of right. like oh i like them you know what let me recommend them to somebody else yeah. so it sort of becomes like leads recreate create right. more leads right. yes based on the feeling and the and the um the welcoming right. the nature yes. the environment the climate yes. inside it the whole thing yeah, yep. yeah 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 you know and and so for you can you tell me a little bit i i know rusk and i have talked about doing like mm. a franchise Okay. been thinking about it we have businesses and in, in multiple things we've thought about maybe franchising in in a particular field but tell me a little bit about that franchise process and a little bit of like the build out and like what would what did you learn throughout the, trials the process and tribulations yeah, yeah. Right what did yeah. you learn uh so the what did i learn um i learned that is is um the best analogy i have is is it's a marriage it's a marriage relationship uh, there's things that they are going to do that you don't like, that you don't agree with. Mm -hmm. And there's things that you're going to do and they're not going to like. Gonna Give like, us some yeah. details. What are for the things example. That, right. so, so for instance, with my particular franchise, I don't, I don't have anything that I don't particularly like that I can't think. I, I'm sure there are, but let me, let me walk that process, right. that thought process as I go. So um, maybe at the beginning. Yeah. So, yeah. so at the beginning, things it was, may have smoothed out. As it's just kind of like dating, right? right? Because yeah. what happens is, is they they're picking you as well, yeah. taking all the emotional and excitement away, right? It's a business partnership. Right. This guy gonna get into enough debt and be able to pay. Is he right? Is he responsible? What is his track record? And that's really what they're looking at. It's like an in-depth credit history. Yeah. Yeah, so they're checking your yeah, financials and all yep, financials and everything. And they're also checking you as a person because they're going to deal with you every day. So can I deal with this guy every day? Yes or no? Yes. And, and then you coming uh -huh. from the, you know, different type of world, for my case, specifically from an employment. So I almost saw it like, okay, well, I also need to impress them, right? So they can pick me in and we have the same profile. Right. So, um, sure. so, so what happens then, then once it's successful, and you also realize I, I studied their team a lot and I love their, still to today, I love their team. And I love their team because they were very, they felt very genuine. Right? Yeah. And I already had tried their product. So I liked their product already. So I know that the experience they were providing and had the guidance of the business I already liked. So I was sold on that before I even went. So my research there was more about people. So who is the president of this franchise, right? What, who's the team actually hands-on? Because you can have the leader who's the head. and right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes those positions are very decorative. So is Cycle Bar in Houston? Where are they, where are they headquartered? Where are they based? Uh, they're in California, so they're Orange County. So are they nationwide? Yes. How many, how many locations do they have? 
They're about 300 and something. I can't how, remember. How that. many are about in Houston? So within the, the loop, I guess, there's three. Houston Heights, right. Sawyer Heights, and what's you? Which one are you? And Katy, right? What's you? Yeah. West and then yeah. there's Katy. Uh, it's coming up. Perland. Right? There's one in Katy, yeah. Perland. Uh, we're great friends with uh, the studio in Perland. Yeah. Um, um, you said you're good friends with the one. With yeah, with the owner. Yeah, because okay. they're franchised, but they're all privately owned. So um, there's one in Sugarland as well. Uh, but yeah, they continue to grow. It's, it's, it's successful brand and, and that's another thing i liked about it is uh, inclusivity and it sounds when you yeah. hear it it sounds a little bit cliche right it's like it yeah, sounds like that yeah, right? yeah, yeah but then if you look once you start because there's another transformation as part of the whole process is one thing is to be a writer another one is to now get into the world of fitness right it's a whole other ballgame and yeah, it's, it's aggressive yeah, and i come from an oil and gas world that is aggressive <laughs> and you get into it and you're like oh wow you know and yeah. so you start learning then 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 all of a sudden the world inclusive it's not that cliche anymore because no, when you start seeing sure. different studios in in and their motor their 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 strategy is completely different right so so you'll see studios that are like well you know we, we right just look good and the sell is if you come here you're just gonna look good you're right. gonna look like us right? perfect people <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so no, like, but i agree with the inclusivity component right? because that's one thing that i really really enjoy about cycle bar westview it's the women that attend the men that attend it's all walks of life they don't all look like right. the perfect five yes. five right. you know 120 pound girl it is like all of us that are like in different stages of our lives, there's some that are moms. I can tell there's some grandmas. Right. There's some young seniors, some millennials. You can tell there's that that you really, for you, particularly in West U, you really live by that. Yes. For right. sure. Thank you so much. Um, it's very flattering. And that's something, something that for. we really love to see and something that yeah, we do together. Yeah, we do together. because it's, it's a lot of these uh, workout studios are intimidating. You look at them on the social media, see or Spinning on the bike really fast, a lot of music. Oh, I can't handle that. I can't do that because I get in a bike and neighborhood. I'm going in my own pace. But there are people in there that just go at their own pace. Yes, they're like me. They kind of you know, sit in the back of the or on the side, and it's it's it. There's something for everybody. You're not being isolated. You're not being picked out. You're not being called upon to do better. Your money, it's your experience. You know, make the most out of it. And I think that's the best concept because a lot of folks they think this. Only for professional athletes, Correct. Division One athletes, and, and it's, it's not like this. And the it's complete, not. absolute, complete opposite. Give us one piece of advice before we go. One piece of advice for those entrepreneurs that are looking to—they're ready to just free themselves from the nine to five, or maybe they're not ready to free themselves, but they're ready to jump into something like you, uh, maybe a franchise, maybe like a small business. What is that one piece of advice that you want to give them? Um, what did it take for you to cross that? Cross the Rubicon. For me, I feel like I cheated because I feel like it was thrown. Like I promised myself, and then I had to hold myself accountable to it. So I had to do it because I was. Well, everybody gets their different. But right. uh, but I think if I was something that has helped me and continues to help me is in 2020. I also so, so I, I don't know how much time I have, but I'll tell you this story. So I used to work for BP, and uh, in 2020, I had a lot of my savings in BP stocks. I don't know if you remember, yeah. oil crashed to right. negative numbers. Yes, right. So a lot of my stocks and my right. savings were in, in, we remember. in oil and gas. Yeah. So I, 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 I've been reading about Elon Musk, you know, all this stuff. 
yeah. and SMN, you know. So I took an aggressive move. I took all my shares, all of them, and I put them on Tesla. Mm-hmm. And within five days, uh, they announced a split. I don't know if you remember yeah, that. Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. So it jumped from five to one. So I, yeah. I, and I wasn't, I was, I was, so I recovered because yeah. I had lost over 60% of my money. So I recovered. So I'm telling you this story because then I started getting into the stock market. Mm-hmm. And, and I started, okay, there's a future here. There's something interesting. So I started yeah. reading and reading and reading. I got certified in, um, in, in some of the principles. And I'm still working on that, by the way, taking courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, the reality is, and I was, I was telling another friend of mine, we were doing mm-hmm. it. And I was talking to him. I said, it's, it's all about training the stomach. You have to train your stomach and, and, and embrace that fear. Because then you'll buy something and it drops. But then what do you buy, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. so, so my advice is, for example, I would buy a company that I believe in. So I think, you know, the future mm-hmm. is going to be entailed off AI, telecommunications, you know, um, space. They're all related. Electrical right. cars are coming. They're yes. here. Yes. They're going to be cheaper. <laughs> They're yeah, going to take over. So this is, to me, <laughs> right. is, it may, yeah. I may not win in the short term. Yeah, but you're going to win the long term. Right. And I'm, I'm, but everyone I'm investing that. that knows it's always about the long term. Correct. Right. And that's so, so if you can train yourself in those the short term train to, your stomach to stomach, stomach. yeah, and to embrace stomach the fear. those fears yes. yeah. and to embrace them yes. and see it as a long term. Yes. Right. And I think that, that transition for me into the entrepreneurship, because yeah. you don't is which actually my advice is it's OK. And here's the other thing. It's OK to be afraid. Mm-hmm. Tell yourself it's OK. Mm-hmm. And it's, do it anyway. Yeah. It, it's, it's two signs. If you're afraid, you're leaving. You're doing something out of your comfort right. zone. Right. If you're not afraid, you're almost dead. Because yes. you're in remote control. Right. You can do that job in your sleep. That's the worst place to be. Ian, what's been a beautiful, wonderful conversation with you. I feel like I we could go on for, for hours. You have so much to share with us. Yes. And I'm really grateful for, for your time today. And I want to just encourage all of my listeners to go check out Cycle Bar with you. They're one of our sponsors. Did you want to maybe give them like a, a promo, something that you want to promote? Uh, well, if you uh, uh, just just come over, come over and check us out. So come what's check what's us your out. social media? Uh, Cycle Bar West U. That's it. We're there. What is your address? Uh, 3233 Southwest Freeway, Texas 77027. <laughs> is there a sweet number? Or? <laughs> no, no. Just no 32. Right. Yeah, you can see yeah. the sign once you pull into yeah. the park a lot. For Very sure. obvious, right? It's right next to Jimmy John's. Yeah, you can, that's right. You can go work out and go have a sandwich. Absolutely. And then go work out some more after having. Every year for the last seven years, I do like a Father's Day celebration. Sometimes I do an event, right? We've done an event at your shop. We do a book affair. Um, sometimes I record an, a podcast. And this year, I definitely am recording a podcast with two fathers that I'm invited today. Um, I'm super excited about this because... I have two young dads, so I don't have some old farts in here today. (laughs) And I'm really excited to share with you all two dads that are very intentional about inspiring other dads and also very um, instructive in the way that they, they are raising their two daughters. So for me, it is a pleasure to present to you all and welcome my brother, Jose Pep Araujo. He's my brother. He's my youngest brother. He is eight years younger than I am. Can you believe that? I, look, I know I don't look that old. No. <laughs> and so he's a dad to a 19-year-old girl, Jade Isabella, which mm-hmm. we love, and a 12-year-old boy, 
Gavin Santos. And I also have my friend, my trainer friend, Matthew Matt Mitchell, and he is the father to a young lady of eight years old, but she's almost nine. She's going to be nine this month, and she's McKinley. Yep, my baby. Yeah, so welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank you for being on the podcast. I'm really excited about this. Same here. And my husband, Rusk, is here, too, because, you know, we do love to have Rusk around. Thank you. It's always got a lot of things to say. (laughs) Yeah, way too many things to say sometimes. You know what, though? But, you know, this episode is really important for me because um, for the last seven years since I published my book, I always have an event. I do something. It's either a a book fair, but a few years when Rusk had his auto repair shop, we had a um, an event where we would bring dads and daughters to teach their girls how to change oil, how to ch- rotate tires. Like we had a few things right. happen at the store, right? The shop. Yeah, yeah. You had a couple of Father's Day events there, yeah. so fathers and daughters can bond and also get to learn about that. You know, working on vehicles isn't just a, a boy thing or a man yes. thing; it's actually a girl thing. And and girls can girls drive cars, it. and they're yeah. gonna break down from time to time. They gotta know how to get themselves out of a jam. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, for me, this is a really, really, really important time of the year. Um, So, because, not only because it's Father's Day, but I think my dad, and when Pep, my brother, will say this, he was very instrumental in our raising. He was very instrumental in my life as a young girl and someone that um, was very ambitious and very driven and came from a very low socioeconomic background that came from a place where you don't know how big to dream because you don't know if your dreams are going to ever achieve that. And my daddy always said, dream big, 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 big. Never go low. Never go small. Always go big. Always that's how, achieve. That's how she found me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what? My dad will say that. And that's too. what my dad wanted to yeah. shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But you know what? I think that's why I think dads are so important because if it wasn't for him, I would have not had that opportunity to think big and grow big and like really achieve the things that I wanted to achieve because he really did become an instrumental part in that. But let's start with you guys. Let's start a little bit with you both. You were both young fathers. So tell me a little bit about being a young dad. So I'll start with you, Pep, and tell me you were 19 when you had your baby girl, Jade. I was I was 20. I had just turned 20 when she was you born. You had just turned yeah. 20. Wow. Yeah. So right out of high school, well, a couple years in college, and then uh-huh. she came about. Yeah. Was it scary? Of course. Yeah. I mean, you have no idea what to expect. I mean, I was a, I was a kid still, and I was going to be raising a kid. So that absolutely was... Uh, Scary, in itself, yeah. And then she's such a beautiful young lady. Now yeah, in she college. came out really well. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, she came out really well. So she did, she did. Uh, she's very smart. Very. She's you know, twenty. She's nineteen now. She's nineteen now. She's yeah. nineteen now. Yeah. So it's an amazing, amazing trajectory for mm-hmm. you both. Matt, how old were you when you had your daughter? Um. So this year I'm turning thirty-one. Um, my daughter is turning nine. So about twenty-three. I was roughly 22, turning 23, right mm-hmm. there. So, I mean, roughly around the same mm-hmm. age. Even between 20 and 21, 22, 23, your mindset is still the exact same. You know, like, it's still, you know, you super young. You don't really know what you're getting yourself into. And, I Wait, mean, was, it was it scary? scary? It was really scary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, it was that feeling of unknown, right? Like, he didn't know what it meant to be a father, but then also, um, also scary as in like this is a new uh, 
uh, venture and I thought it would I knew it was going to be something that was going to make me stronger um and then also it was going to bring joy to my life so just scary in so many different ways right so when you when you became fathers what was the first thing that came to your mind in terms of like how am I going to raise this little girl did you feel like you were comfort confident in that or did you feel comfortable with that or I felt extremely confident oh, um yeah okay. I mean you know, we, we, we grew up with my dad being around us every day of our right. lives. So I kind of had a, a a background, you know, from him, you know, being around us. And I kind of knew that if I just followed his, his steps, I think I was going to do okay. Yeah. Yeah, a good example. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know if I feel confident because, um, I don't know, it's just, I think confidence would have been hard to, that's not the feeling that I had more so. My my feeling more so was um, me knowing that I was going to do my best no matter what. And I wasn't going to give up on my daughter on mm -hmm. anything in life. And knowing that me doing my best would be something that she would appreciate you know, in life and then would help her. So Right. Was it a, was there a fear that you wouldn't know what to do with the girl because you were so accustomed to being a boy? And like knowing what to do for boys and not knowing what to do for girls. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I still have those feelings. <laughs> she yeah. still hasn't yeah. she still hasn't gone through the teenage years yet. Yeah. No. And I think that's the biggest dichotomy for a father and a daughter. And I think Jose can absolutely. attest to that because your daughter's now twenty, right? She's twenty. Well, well, she's, approach, yeah, she's, yeah, right. she's approaching she's approaching twenty. So it's it's a whole different it's a different thing. It's a different dynamic between boys and sons and daughters, which I don't have experience with, but I think right, you can right. attest to that. Oh, yeah. And I mean, my son's completely different from the way, you know, we raise our daughter straight up. I mean, you know, but Jade was extremely smart, extremely outgoing and never had any problems with her. So it's always been really easy with her. It's just mm -hmm. it's we've never had a hard time with her, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's been pretty easy. Well, yeah. And I think that's the thing about, um, you know, raising girls. It's like really understanding where your girl's coming from and understanding her her, 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 her viewpoint, right? right? So if she's already a smart girl, she's already kind of um, established herself for independence, right. I think the role of a father is just to kind of nurture that girl that's already developing. Right, Matt? Yeah. What do you think about that? I totally agree. Yeah. So um, I think that kids, like us as parents, like we have the tendency to like want to steer our kid in the right direction, yes. right? right. But there has to be a line where we get to where we're like, okay, we're going to let them make this decision. I'm going to let them, you know, make this decision on their own or whatever it is, right? But also at the same time, I'm going to tell them whether they follow their face or they're successful at it. I'm going to help them get through that. And I think that um, the nurturing part, like the, uh, <laughs> the nurturing part as far as, you know, wanting to do Wanting to do everything for your your child is the hard part because you have to eventually separate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> thank you for getting that. I was like, oh my god, damn fly! a fly. Oh, there's another around. one. Here. I gotta get it. <laughs> but yeah, so but to, just to go back, I mean that's just one thing that you have to. I I, I got a taste of that over the weekend with my you daughter. Did. Okay, what happened? I was going to ask you that. You, got, you, got, you have a recent experience of yeah. that. That disconnect there, so, that, that kind of like, wow, I didn't, you know, I didn't see this coming, or right, or something similar to that. I've never really. So my daughter this weekend for the first time, I I let her get away with not doing what I wanted 
I'm gonna put it like that. Okay. Um. So, which my daughter's been running track, right? She's she's yes, she's, yes, she's I been saw doing that. Phenomenal. Like yes. Her first year in track, and I mean, that's your daughter on your Instagram post running on the tracks. Right. That's her. Yes. Life. Yeah. So, and I mean, like, phenomenal is in like her first year. She's a natural. Like, she's came in first in a lot of different heats and whether or not she was first or last and she just gave it all you know like i would be proud regardless but like i mean like i'm like girl this is to the point where yeah like if we keep working at this you will be really good but i digress she she had a track meet and um i think i just put a little bit too much on her plate and um so in track you have certain things that you can sign up for right certain events and i signed her up for i usually First half of the season, we signed her up for about two events. Well, this track meet, I signed her up for three. I signed her up for a relay. She's like, Dad, I don't know. I don't want to do a relay. I don't know how to do it. What were the other two wrong. events besides the relay? The 100 meter, okay. right? It's just right. an individual. You just right. run straight 100 right. meters. And the 400, right? right. Which yeah. you run 400. Yeah. You just run yeah. a lot. And right? she's eight, almost nine. Right. Eight, almost nine. All yeah. the girls she's running with are like okay. nine and ten. Mm-hmm. Right. So she's already kind of like, Dad, I don't know. Like, these yeah. girls are she's, bigger, they're older. older. Right, and she's thinking like these girls are faster. I'm like, girl, you are there. If anything, you beat a lot of these older girls. But anyways, so just 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 not to digress a little bit, but the the relay, the, it was a four by one hundred, right? Which is no, just it was a four by four. Four hundred, okay, yeah. I see. And so that's a very different training than training for the four hundred. It is the four by four hundred. Um, you have to run a lap and then hand it off right. Right, mm-hmm. to the person who's okay. next, right? And they just do this over and over four times. She did this last week. She did phenomenal. But the reason why I got her to do it last week is because I, I, I kind of enticed her to do it. I, I gave her an incentive. I said, if okay. you do it, I'll, I'll take you to the store right, and right. you can get, get some ice cream. Yeah, well, I gave her a toy. Yeah. Uh, right. <laughs> ice cream, all, ice cream always worked for my boys. But yeah. yeah. And it, it's funny, too, because yeah. after I, I took it to the store afterwards and, and, and it reminded me that my daughter was only eight, right? Because she goes and gets a big doll. And I'm like, I'm thinking that she's going to go get, like, a gift card or, like, do something else. No, no she's, no, no. she's eight. Yeah, she yeah, yeah, yeah. She's this big yeah, doll. Yeah. I'm like, she's eight. What kind of doll was it? Uh, some, I went to Target and got, like, a some type of whatever. Cabbage Patch Kid. One have of those. Right, yeah. I don't know if it's Cabbage, but it was, yeah. like, you know, one the of those. The 21st second version of that. Exactly. So, anyways, this week comes up. I'm like, I'm going to put you for the same events. She's, like, 6 o'clock in the morning, starts whining and crying and going back and forth with me. And I eventually got to the point where I was like, you know what? If you don't want to do it, I'm not going to be the person to make you do it. You know? Okay. Right. And I had to have a tra- uh, talk with her, um, her track coach. And I, one of the things that really resonated with me is when I asked him, I said, look, have you had, like, whenever, because his daughter runs track too, but she's older. And he had a lot of success with her. I, I'm going to put it like this. She's, she's pretty good. And he's, like, he's like involved, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm mm-hmm. asking him, like, mm-hmm. Hey, um, did you have problems when it came to, you know, getting your daughter to, to actually like track? I feel like my daughter every week tells me she hates it. And I'm uh-huh. and as part of me is as a parent, like, okay, she only hates it, it's her first year. I, I right. want her to get a taste of it. She she needs to make friends, et cetera. So I asked him, he was like, Nah, man, my daughter, she just yeah. took right to it. Right. And it was like mm-hmm. it was something that she really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So, and then me fighting my inner struggles, right? Like I want her to I want her to do it. But I want her to do it because I loved it, and I want her to love it the way I loved it, right? Right. So, it part of so, anyways, to get to the end of the story, right? 
um, with the four by four. I, I took her out. I told the coach, and I was like, "Look, she just don't want to do it, and we're gonna see if maybe I can get her. I can talk her into doing it before the end of it. But I'm not gonna bribe her. Right. Yeah, I'm not gonna do that. Right. And I'm gonna let it be her decision. And she she chose to be, to walk away and be done with oh, okay. not doing that. Okay. So, anyways, I had that 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 happened over the weekend, and I kind of learned like I can't force my daughter to do certain stuff. I'm used to it. Wash the dishes, take out the trash. You know, that type of stuff. You know, like, I'm not that aggressive. Did you really get to the me. bottom of why she didn't want to do it, though? <laughs> yes. So you I did. asked okay. her to. Yeah, so you asked her. I talked to her, and the coach talked to her, too, as well. And she, part of it is her, one of the reasons why I put her in track and field is because she, to build her confidence. She's not 100% confident, even though she's good. She's yeah. not confident. Right, right. Um, and then also, she has a little bit of social anxiety. So okay. she'll, like, go in a setting. I, I remember dropping her off with, like, these 20 girls that she's been running track with all season and She long. knows them pretty well. She knows them, but she won't say hey to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know, and I told her, like, when you walk around people, you say hey. If you don't know somebody, mm-hmm. like, hey, my name is McKinley. Mm-hmm. You know, or you just talk to them. Mm-hmm. Just be social. And she didn't talk for, like, five minutes since I saw her. So I was like, that's part of the reason why I wanted to get her in there. So when I talked to her, she was just more so, like, I'm scared. I'm, I'm afraid that I think I'm going to mess up. And I'm like, like, and it's so long. And I'm like, you run the same event, but you know, it's part of this is trying yeah, to Yeah, no, it's kind of like backing up a little bit and not forcing somebody to do something right. they don't want to do. And yet. that's what I had to get down to. Do you feel like maybe it's just a little time for her just to get to, to that point? Yeah, because Absolutely. she is eight years old. And right. I think that we do assume she, because she has a lot of talent right. that we need to push her to, to, to right. that level already. Yep. And her brain isn't ready for her body. Right. Her right. body and her strength and her physicality is there, right? And you see it. As a dad, you're like, oh, my God, I see it. I see it. But her mind mm-hmm. hasn't gotten to that point yet. Right. And I think that's the hardest thing, I think, as yep. parents, is to kind of, like, look at her kids and see... You know, we see this potential, we see this growth, we see this amazing mm-hmm. thing coming and like right. like burgeoning out like a right. flower, just flowering, but then it's still not ready to flower yet. Right. Yep. You have to give it that time, right? And yep. I think that's the hardest part. As I think as parents, yep. fathers to any kids, boys or girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the right? most challenging thing is balance between trying to push your kids but not pushing them past that point of no return where they don't want to do it anymore. And where they hate it. Right. Right. Where they right. hate it. And then right. they're resentful right. for you because yeah. you pushed right. them to that point. So many of our son's friends have parents that put them in five different athletic programs, yeah. basketball, right. football, and, and they're just, they're, they're tortured, they're traumatized, they're, right. they're just mad at everything and they're not mm-hmm. excelling at anything. They're not and, excelling and I think anything. just, just before we get to you, Jose, I think uh, the four by 400 is a team sport. And right. the 400 and the 100 are individual. And I think it's the pressure of trying to, uh, of not being the, you know, the slowest leg on the race. Yeah. To let down her team, basically. Let down her team. I think that's what she's afraid of. Exactly, yeah. right. And you are, you both hit it right. on the head. Because right? if you fail on your own, you fail on your own, then you, it's right. the pressure of failing for your team. She right? doesn't want to be the one to drop the baton, right. to mess the handoff right. off, um, or to say right. they're ahead, to get laps. Yeah. I get it. And yeah. I ran track, yeah. you know, right. in high school. And then even in the beginning of college, I, I started doing track. And then Did you do track when you were eight? No. Yeah, so that's, that's, right. that's a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's half of the one. battle right there. That's the and that's what I was going to ask. Like, how early do kids usually start running in track? Man, there's kids out there young, right? Like I'm six and seven years okay. old. But it just depends. I realize, too, this is not something that I've always had around my daughter. 
So had I been, had I really stuck with track and kept yeah. the thing, she would have seen that as mm-hmm. I, as I, you know, as she got over. Mm-hmm. But and even with like watching TV or introducing to YouTube, right, haven't really pushed that on her, you know. Mm-hmm. And then I throw her in track, and I'm like, oh, she's good. All right, let's do it, you know. And yeah. she's not yeah. ready, yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. No, and I think it's just a, that acknowledgement. But it's a really good point of view for 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 fathers, in in a sense, to kind of have that self awareness. Right, that they're a girl, it, you see it, and you see the big picture. They don't see it yet for themselves. Like that's a thing that Rusk and I always have a conversation with about our kid, because we're like, well, you know, I'm giving my kid this, I'm giving my kid that, but he won't do it for me, because they still don't see how important it is to give and take, like the two-way street. Right? right. It's it's for them at this point, especially for a 19-year-old, it's a one-way street for him all the time. What are you doing for me? Why aren't you doing this for me? But it's hard for us because we're like, yeah, but we're giving you a lot. We're giving you and giving and giving and giving. Right. It's okay for you to be there for mom and do something for me too, right? right. Like yeah. that's 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 the hard part. And I think it's just a maturity level yeah. and getting to that point in their life mm-hmm. in, in their age right. gap or whatever, you know, age they're in and like reaching that point. Yep. So So, you know, going back to, to, to that, do you ever find yourself like um like giving her some incentives, giving Jade some incentives so that she can do what you say. <laughs> I'm calling them incentives yeah. or tokens. Yeah. When I'm born, I mean, she's they're 19. They're really like bribes, works, right? you know, so. they're really like bribes. But I mean, we're kind of in the same situation. I mean, you know, Jade is not in, in athletics right now. It's more academic, right? So whenever she joined college, you know, she mentioned she wanted to do nursing, which is great. You know, mm-hmm. we need nurses. Absolutely. Of course, yeah. But what I told her, I said, I know your potential. I know how smart you are. I said, why don't you try, you know, pre-med, you know, maybe, you know, go for the doctor kind of route, you know? Yes, try to be the best you can at the medicine part. And she and she wants to. She wants to try. But, you know, as, as she's going through school now, some of the classes that she take for pre-med, are, you know, really hard. And she's like, I can't do it, this and that. And I'm not incentivizing her. Yeah, I'm just yeah, asking yeah. her to yeah. try it out. Yeah, yeah. And if it doesn't happen, I told her, then it doesn't happen. And, you know, go back to your normal route that you were going to take anyways and go to nursing. There's no problem with nursing. But, but I would did, like to right? try the fact. But she did this first year. She, she did the first year. She accomplished pre-cal, she right? Did. Yeah, she passed which, it. She yeah. passed it, which not is a, lot of kids a very it. hard class, Absolutely. by yeah. the way. And so I know she can do it. Yeah, I know she can do it. I know I know she can get to that yeah. level yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that a doctor gets to. She right? has that in her. Mm-hmm. She just has to believe that she can right. get to that level. Yeah. I am so grateful for you guys. Before we go, I want you all to tell my a little bit about what you do right. and your business. We really want my audience to reach out to you guys. My brother Pep is one of our sponsors, and so I definitely want you to talk a little bit about what you do because we've shared it a little bit on the podcast. We've shared it on Instagram. We shared it on social, but you know what? We have the most amazing outdoor experience because we have the surround sound. Right. Oh, Russ goes out there when there's baseball, basketball, football. football. We, we have some wine, some alcohol. Oh we God. have a hard time making it back inside we the house. We love our outdoor experience. But and that, that's because right. my brother set it all up for us. So tell us a little bit, Pep, about what you do. Yeah, so we're uh, AVS Concepts. Uh, we've been in business since 2014. Um, family-owned business. Um we do anything from home security systems, um, security cameras, home theaters, outdoor living areas, TVs, um, you name it, anything low voltage, we take care of. We do new construction, you know, post construction, um, 
wiring, wireless, I mean, home automation, home automation. You know, we have, you know, we're 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 very similar on, you know, to like the bigger companies on security side. Uh, we do a lot of security monitoring, um, but the benefit with us is we don't hold you to the big long-term contracts like the big companies do. So, you know, people move, people, you know, downsize or change homes. Right. And, you know, the bigger companies will lock you into that rate. You know, we, we do a little different. We understand everybody, you know, has a different circumstance. If you need to move, okay, cancel your, cancel your contract, it's just fine. Yeah. I love that. I love mm-hmm. that because that's custom. That's customized to the right. client. And that's what we do is everything is that. customized. We don't sell, we don't have any packages. We don't do anything like that. Everything is custom tailored to the customer. Well, to talk about the latest technology, mm-hmm. what what's uh, like you had told me the other day about the new HDMI cables and what's what's the late what's the latest equipment? Yeah, that so go I mean, you know, with everything, you know, technology changes every couple months, right? Three months, six months. It's there's something new coming out. So, right. um, you know, with the latest stuff that we have now is, is voice control. Um, you know, I was I was talking to you know Alex earlier. The, the new stuff that we have, you know, I kind of compare it to like a Jarvis from Iron Man, you know, where you can just speak to it. It's kind of like Alexa, but Alexa on steroids. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Right. So okay. it's very free speaking. Yeah, it's very free speaking. Just you tell can, it. To, you got too much to go on. You got too much wine yeah. going on. You, know, <laughs> just you can't even type anymore. Needs, you can't look at it. You just yeah. got to Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's the new technology we have now is voice control. Um, everything else kind of stays the same. You know, our, our speakers, you know, we, we have our line of speakers that, you know, Get better and better, you know, with time, um, you know, TV installations, you know, something as simple as that. We, we can take care of any challenges in terms of the shortages of supply chains. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, again, everything, you know, has the same chipset as vehicles. Right. Um, so we we have a hard time with our material. Um, so what I do is when I again, because everything's custom tailored right. to the customer, I I put in the, the, the equipment that I know is available at the moment. Okay. But you yeah. but you have advantages over some of the bigger companies because don't they have to order in bulk? They do. Uh, and so if they're not gonna if they're not going to order twenty TVs, you're not ordering one TV. You can just right. order one TV and get it just as fast or even faster than some of the bigger Absolutely, companies. Absolutely, yeah. Good so point. you know, anytime we need something right away, you know, we, we reach out to our distribution or, or our right. direct dealership that we have and you know, it comes to us right away. Right. And they they're happy to help, you know, the smaller companies like ourselves. And and again, what we differ from the larger company is my customers, I mean, you guys are my customers, but all my customers have my cell phone and they can reach me at any time of right. day, you know, seven days a week. Yeah. They text me and they'll say, I'm, a, uh, I'm having a hard time gotcha. you know, with my sound system, my patio. Um, I'm having a party this weekend. Can you fix it? Luckily, I can log in remotely from my house That's great. and fix it for them. Right. Yeah. And they all have my cell phone. So, you know, you don't get that with a bigger company. You just no. don't. I love that. Fantastic. ABS Concepts, you guys, if you mm-hmm. are looking yes. to have the lunch experience outdoor experience inner experience the surround sound what's all the, of it what's their instagram what's your instagram uh, it's at concepts abs at abs no concepts at concepts abs abs okay yeah. i had to change it up concepts well, we're not the only abs concepts there's uh, there's actually a couple in tennessee oh um so do not go and compare ah. us to their um to and their ABS, reviews because their reviews are no good abs <laughs> is audio video, video. Security. Security. Concepts, mm-hmm. right. Beautiful. Fantastic. Love I love it. Love it. Check them out. Matt, what about you? Tell us about your... You just opened a gym recently. I did. So yes. So tell us where it is. I'm an official gym owner. Um, it's in the Bel Air Gallery area. It's called 4C Fitness. Uh, 4C stands for Four Corner, and uh, Four Corners Fitness 
basically breaks down to four corners of the four aspects of how we like to train, right? Or how we like to run our boot camps, how we like to do our personal training. And those four aspects come down to endurance, power, strength, um, and core. Um, okay. And that's just kind of how we do our training and we, we give people like, look, this is how our method is. But um, it, as far as our facility, we just opened it up about three three months ago. It's been a good three months. We just got, we've been each month adding more and more to the gym. And it's a great that's gym. Awesome. If, if like, for, for people who, first of all, may need like some type of more specialized training rather than like larger groups, right? Mm-hmm. More specialized training where you actually have certain specific goals that you need somebody to actually pay attention to. But then also, even if you, you go from there and then you may want to join like a, you know, a boot camp or I love a like that. larger group class. I love we, that. We like to, we have... You do the boot camps inside the gym? Right. So right. we have we have boot camps. The plan is to have those out maybe the big beginning of the next month. Sure. Um, but but then even then also as well we work with uh, we know a lot of people in this and it's crazy me and the guy who uh, who we we, we uh, my co partner right right um, we know a lot of people within the city and um, our our goal is to just bring in like minded people like bring in people right. on our team who who um, who will be able to I guess relay the message and be able to like what's the address. Uh, our address is 5240 Elm Street. 5240 Elm Street. We are really interested in educating you all and giving you all some information that you can take home and really apply it in your home. So for us, we are super, super excited to welcome Humberto Garcia. Welcome, Humberto. Thank you for having me. And Humberto's with Vanguard agency the vanguard agency he's one of our sponsors so if you haven't noticed yet you will notice that on everything on our social media everything on our descriptions for our podcast you will see all of his contact information and you will definitely know how to reach him so let's start and let's get excited thank you for coming thank you we're so excited to have you so russ mention a little bit of how you met umberto so umberto and i met at a workout studio uh, in houston in the heights it's called Sweat. Mm-hmm. Back then it was called Sweat 1000, but they've rebranded themselves right. to Sweat 1K. And uh, so we were taking the same studios, and I, you know, we had a we had a commonality. We were both business uh, owners, and you know, conversation started with that way. And I just Umberto has been in the insurance business for how many years now? Since 2004. So 2004, years. right? Wow. So we thought it was going to be a great idea for Umberto yes. to come on here. Right. To talk about some tips about insurance, about, you know, what to do in certain situations. Yeah. And uh, maybe, you know, get some knowledge out of it. I think a lot of times, I used to be in the body shop and yeah. auto repair business, and I used to get clients call that. me all the time. Rusk, I got in an accident. My husband's out of town. What do I do? Should I wait for a police report? And and I think Humberto's going to enlighten us on what to do. Uh, also, we live in Houston. Yeah. Houston floods, as we have all know. What do you do? Do we get flood insurance? Uh, do we not get flood insurance? Uh, what's the best policies for homeowners? What's the best policies for cars? Uh, what's the market trends for the insurance business? And why go into somebody like Humberto, who is a broker, not necessarily working for a major insurance underwriter mm-hmm. like a State Farm or an mm-hmm. Allstate? Why go to him? What's the advantages of going to him? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And you know, we're gonna we're gonna we're, it's 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 something that affects our lives all the time. It's something that at some point you're going to get a claim. You're going to get an accident. Your fault, not your fault. 
You're going to get a homeowner's claim. Your roof leaks one day. You may flood. You may have theft. Right. And what to do? Because mm-hmm. we all have the perception, looking from the outside in, that mm-hmm. insurance is always kind of screwing you. And I personally don't think that's always the case. I yeah. think my experiences of 20 years in the auto repair business, they always tend to do the right thing. Yeah. But every now and then, you get something that hits the papers. You get something that hits media, and that's they paint the entire industry is painted with that same brush. And so I think having an agent on, like Humberto, mm-hmm. and having a broker that not only is specific to uh, a major in, uh, carrier, where you can get diversified uh, quotes from the best quote, he's going to look for the quotes for you. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, I think that's a great ad because this is something <clears throat> that makes a decision. If you get a house, if you get an apartment, what kind of do you get? A thousand dollar deductible or five hundred dollar deductible? Do you get a full coverage policy? Right. right? Yeah. So, what to do when you have a claim? on a residential property. So just to break it down in, in, in a few sections, you have you have, uh, you have have hail or wind damage on a roof, or you have, a, and then you have flood damage, or you have theft. And then kind of tie that in a little bit to the replacement and cash value. I know it's a little bit, of, you know, it's kind of right. a little bit of a complicated question, but but you get, uh, you get roof damage. And you get these roof guys, they call you all the time. And the roof guy say, I can fix your roof, call your insurance and stuff like that. And sometimes that works and sometimes it doesn't. But then you have a roof leak and then you call, You should you call, give people, give people the process, give our listeners the process of what they should do from A to Z mm-hmm. to make sure that they're getting the best kind of advice in terms of a claim. Because a lot of yeah. people make a mistake. Like, for example, I, yeah. I've always had an inspector there for all the properties that we've done. And then one property, I said, ah, I'm just going to roll the die. I'm going to call him out there, file a claim, and the inspector wasn't there, and my claim was denied. He found a few shingles for 300 bucks. You know, my deductible is obviously greater than $300. That's never happened before. So I think, I think if the inspector was there, and you know I had this conversation outside of this, always have the inspector there. You always want to have, like, call your contractors, call at least okay. three contractors, get three different quotes. I'm sorry, not the inspector, the, uh, contractors. the contractor. Contractors, yeah. Thank yeah. you for correcting me. Yeah, get three contractors to mm-hmm. look at your roof, okay. look at the damage. Mm-hmm. And pick one that you you feel comfortable with. You have okay. a good price, right? And that have ex, that has experience talking to insurance companies. And then whenever you, the adjuster for the insurance company comes to see the house, make sure the adjuster is there at the same time. I mean, the contractors at the same time, because they're going to point out other damages that the insurance adjuster may not see. Oh, right. oh okay. And that's how you always want to make sure you have them at the same time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't do it where they're separately. Just at the same time. That's always worked. Right. Have to be the best for so you don't necessarily have to have a contractor there, but you should probably have some quotes there. You have some quotes there, but I, I will I will still advise because you can't have three you can't have three contracts that are obviously at the same time. Right. You should at least have one contractor one, and one maybe contractor. three estimates. So one contractor, multiple estimates, have the contractor there mm-hmm. at the time of the inspection, yes. reach out to the contractor, and then mm-hmm. make sure that they coordinate with the field inspector, right? Correct. Right. So always have a contractor with with you whenever the with field you, inspector right. comes. So what ha- what happens if you don't have flood insurance in Houston and your in, house floods? In Houston, there's no such thing as a no, like, no flood zone anymore. Oh, uh, in okay. Houston, it's really? either going to be a low risk or high risk. Okay. Oh, so it. everything is flooded. It can be flooded. Anything can, can be, be flooded. Anything. So is this new? 
Or this, 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 this is post. We're getting more and more. We're getting more and more floods. Uh, okay. Is it post Harvey? No. I'm sorry, post Harvey. So yeah. There's some more reasons. Yeah, one of them, uh, <laughs> too many in Houston. Yeah. It all no. becomes a blur, right? Post Harvey. Yeah. We're I, growing. I Houston's growing a lot, right? And there's a lot of new houses. All the new houses are elevated, right? So the elevations are changing. Uh, okay. Places that didn't flood before now do flood. There's so many. There's so many places that flood that didn't flood. So before. it's just based on high risk, low risk. Mm-hmm. Okay. But you, what as a homeowner, what should I do? Should I still get flood insurance? Yes, I think everybody should get flood insurance. Um, no matter where you are, low risk. You low risk. Still get do it, it. Get it. Get it. Insurance. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so if you don't have flood insurance and your house floods, you're screwed. You're screwed. On you're zero screwed. coverage. No coverage. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, and, right. and even low risk is going to cost you like six hundred dollars a year. It's not like very expensive. That's going to be my next question. Mm. What percentage? What percentage of a premium typically is flood insurance percentage wise? Oh, very less than ten. Yeah, less than ten. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because the damages could be thirty, forty thousand dollars, right? So they'll cover if you have if your house came with carpet, but you decided to upgrade it to tile. Or you put some fancy tile like we did, like porcelain tiles, like twelve mm-hmm. bucks a foot, mm-hmm. ridiculous. Right. Yeah. And will the insurance cover twelve dollar square foot tile? Yeah, they're going to replace whatever. They're going to replace yeah. whatever it is. As long as you have the replacement cost for a flood, also it applies to flood as well. So you have to have replacement cost and a flood insurance, and they will replace not what your not what your property came with, but what you currently have. Correct. Okay. okay. Wow. Oh wow. So in houses that are worth like over, you know. 300, 400 right. grand, you can get a policy for flood, 250,000 for dwelling, 100,000 for the contents. That will make it replacement cost. Those are, those are the highest limits for the preferred, preferred so, rate. So replacement cost is 100% minus your deductible. Correct. And replacement cost is determined by the going rate of particular like cabinets, the tile, the, the sheetrock, the paint. Or do you have to provide receipts for all that? No. You, let's say you buy a TV that's worth $1,000 mm-hmm. and it's three years old. So mm-hmm. They're going right. to give you – that TV is probably no longer, you know, selling anymore. So they're going to give you the next – the closest thing to that TV, current market. Right. Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, so flood insurance, minimal cost, definitely worth it. You said that if there's no longer any – Define flood zones and what's a flood zone and not a flood uh, it's zone. Either, it's either it's low high, risk. High list rows. Yeah. All developers are now going forward in the city of Houston or in Harris County in general? All of Houston. Everything's getting elevated. Outside of Houston, too? Everything's getting elevated. Yeah. So everything's getting elevated. They're now forcing developers to bump up your house of an extra two feet or three feet, right? There's a lot of areas that couldn't build, but right. now they bypass that by just raising building, the, building, building higher. Building, building higher. And so... Homeowners are absorbing the cost of going a little bit higher, but the flip side of that is that yeah. you probably have a less risk of flooding. Right, right. And just because you didn't flood in one year doesn't mean you're not going to flood in the next year. Right. We didn't flood in Harvey, but, you know, we only got 36 inches of rain, but some areas got 50-plus inches of rain. Right. If, if we got 50-plus yeah. inches, we could have definitely, definitely flooded. Right. If we have, like, the a Hurricane 5 and it hits on the right spot in Houston, many mm-hmm. houses are going to be flooded. Um, wow. Yeah. So. Well, that's really good to know because yeah. I think a lot of listeners don't understand that um, everything is, is is flood prone. Everything. Everything's flood prone. Yeah. yeah, we, yeah, yeah we, well, we, we live on a swamp. We don't have any. Yeah, we do. We yeah. definitely this, do this used to be a swamp, swamp two, yeah. three hundred years ago. Yeah. So the water has know, no so, has really nowhere so to go. Right. And every house would so. probably have a claim, like if we get a cat five. Right. Uh-huh. Cat five. Yeah. 
Every house is going to have some kind of damage. And, you know, with climate change and all of that, I think it's so much more likely that it's going to happen and it's going to be something that's a clear, clear possibility for so many homeowners in this city. So when you have basic homeowner's insurance, no personal articles endorsement, no flood insurance, but you get a hurricane and it damages your property, that's covered. Correct. That's that's covering the uh, the, uh, coverage A. So when, when you when you file, most of the time hurricanes are wind, right? It's not really the rain. They don't really bring a lot of rain. I know I know Harvey brought a lot of rain, but that's kind of exception to the rain. Right. It's mostly wind. So wind does a lot of damage typically to windows and to your roof. roof. Right. And so when you file a claim, they always ask you, is it wind or hail damage? I always think that's a trick question in a big storm. Because I don't really know if there was a lot of wind. I don't know really if, though, if there was a lot of hail. hail. I think I saw hail. I think I saw a lot of wind. What do you say? Both? Storm damage. Storm you know, damage. Storm damage, yeah. That's the key word, right. storm damage. Yeah, storm damage. Wow. Just say it was storm damage. Storm damage. Because, but so if I say wind and they say, well, you didn't have wind, you had hail damage, can they deny the claim? No, no. Oh, no, 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 okay. No, no, so no, why no. are they asking that question? Just to get de- details to details. fill out the form, but it's so not. They're not, they're not categorizing. Well, you said it was wind, but we found hail damage no. and not wind damage. So therefore, we're denying your claim. It's like, well, do I just refile the claim as a hail damage? Because what homeowner really knows? Right, exactly. What That's it my exactly point. Is. Right. Unless you're a me- right. meteorologist. Right, meteorologist, or you're not even an expert. If you look and at the tiles, that, you yeah, look at the shingles, yeah, yeah. and you realize is you're that like, wind, or is hail? It wind or it hail? It looked like hail yeah. ripped it off. I mean, hail. Punctured it. Yeah, and that's putting that's putting the homeowner in a predicament that right. they don't understand. Right. Like, right. like you have an HOA policy. Some of the what's not covered in HOA right. policy is wind driven rain. Right. And if there's <laughs> a hurricane here, you are gonna have wind driven wind driven rain damage. Wind driven rain. Uh, rain. Wind driven rain. rain. Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, I yeah. misunderstood. <laughs> yeah. Wind wind driven rain. Yes. Right. So okay, that's, that's interesting. That's you can get water damage inside your house. So that's why you mm-hmm. always you know recommend mm-hmm. the. So next time, next time you have a policy, you next time you have a claim, and you have a situation with your home mm-hmm. and it's leaking, just say storm drain. I mean storm damage. Sorry, storm damage. Yeah, yeah that's fine. Storm damage. Right. Wow, that's, that's interesting. Well, like I've learned a lot. Yes, oh, this is amazing. This is like really <laughs> right. good. Get a, get a police report. <laughs> no get a personal yeah. artic- personal articles endorsement. Right. Also, um, Bring get your flood insurance. So the biggest yeah. the personal articles endorsement uh, is wedding rings. Wedding so, rings. Yeah, so that's like the, the okay. main thing right. where you insure wedding rings. Right. Uh, those wedding rings can be, you know, can be 5, 10, 20, 20 grand, depending. Dep- well. Depends how sexy the wife is. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> let's talk about that real quick. Let's go back to Mr. Latasi, you got off very easy. <laughs> Smart you, guy. you need to go back. Yeah. 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 So, so, yeah, so we got, we have, we have, uh, have a personal articles policy because it doesn't, it kind of covers theft, but it doesn't really cover theft if you want something specific covered, right? Right. They, what you're, what you're leading to is you cover theft by damage to the door, damage to the windows, right. maybe some damage to the walls, you know, if the guy decides to throw shit around, right, right. damage to your couches. But if you're saying something, hey, I, he stole my engagement ring of $20,000, we're paying hundred thousand. Right, got to have a separate policy right. for that. Right, flood insurance. Humberto says flood insurance is inexpensive. Very it's worth it. Never know when the next Harvey's coming. Just because you didn't get hit doesn't mean you're not going to happen. Right, flood rates are changing a lot recently. Humberto, if we want to find where you're coming from, where they can find you, where they where can my listeners find where you are? Uh, they can. 
go to my website, vanguardagencyllc.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, call my office, 281-453-8770. Say it one more time. 281-453-8770. Yeah, and yeah. How, many, how many agents do you have working with you? We have 11 agents. 11 amazing. agents. Wow. That's, that's amazing. Right. We've been around for four and a half years. So, we so open. they can't find one person, they'll find another person. Like, find another there's person. no way they cannot right. yeah. find Humberto Garcia or so, somebody at Vanguard. And you agency. have agents that specialize in homes, in uh, homeowners insurance, right? Yeah, our our agents are all trained to educate you first. Okay. You know, it's like the first Perfect. thing. So we don't Beautiful. we don't sell. Uh, we educate you. We let you decide right. what what options you are comfortable with. Yes, you know maybe having their you're okay taking a risk, not insuring your rain rain. Okay, right. uh, but at least now you know it's not covered. Right. Versus not knowing at all or no. how, during the depression I love that, that is because covered. you know right. a lot of listeners don't know that those things are covered. What's covered? Right. What's not covered? And I think that. The, the fact that you say we can educate you on what is it is that we're doing before we sell any policy to you, I think that's important. I think that's a big difference. I think it's huge because it's, it's huge. Uh, right. yeah. I think I think people take it for granted until yes. something happens one day. And then they don't realize. And they don't realize it. Yeah. It's like, man, I wish you would have done things different. Exactly. I think what Huberto exactly. explained is what I want to reemphasize one more time. Did you get... Get a flood insurance policy, not expensive. Get a personal articles policy. Always wait for a police report, right? There's right. no really difference between a hail and wind damage. It's just really a storm damage. Storm, storm damage, damage, right? It's, I mean, it's, it's. And have the contractors there. Have the they contractors there. Have two or three estimates. estimates. Save, yeah. save your receipts. Yeah. Common sense stuff. Yeah. Put them away in a safe box. Put them away in a security box at the bank because you never know. I said. We always think that it's not going to happen to us until it happens to you us. You know yeah. what? No. That is so true. But let me just go through one more thing because right. this is the thing that always gets me. We have kids that are teenagers. Ooh. And teenage, should teenagers have insurance? Because we have a teenager. He's 19. And we were like, oh, I don't know. Like, he's expensive. It's a teenager boy. Right. What do you recommend in terms of that? Because it's been like a, a, a point of right. contention for, right. for, for Rusk and myself. So uh, when you have a teenager driver, I highly recommend you know, have insurance and you up your liability limits because any person the age of 16 to 25, they're mm-hmm. really high risk of being in car wrecks. Yeah. Right. And the more assets you have, right. let's say he's at fault, the right. more assets that, that you'll have, right. then they're more likely that one, you know, a lot, there could be a pursue, lawsuit pursue those. To, pursue those. to go after those Pur- assets. Right. And so what happens if, how, how does somebody, how does the insurance discover for example, if you have a $300,000 cap on your policy, and then insurance somehow, not the insurance, the, the claimant, the claimant, is that, am I saying right. that right? The claimant's policy is, is real, somehow they figure out you're probably worth more than 300000 They hire an attorney, right. and they do a discovery, mm-hmm. and, discovery. and they if they find out you have uh, any kind of assets, they're going to, I mean, I, I've seen it many, many times. Okay, so does the insurance does the insurance go? So I go I, I go to you and you you find me an insurance carrier. An insurance carrier stops at three hundred thousand. What does your insurance carrier do to make sure it stops at three hundred and doesn't go after more? So the insurance carrier is going to review the claim and right. depending okay. on how big the claim is mm-hmm. or how bad the damage is, mm-hmm. you know, let's say it's a minor thing, right. they do a lawsuit. Uh, it's all a negotiation between the lawyer and the insurance carrier, but. A lot, the lawyer would say, "Give me a hundred grand," and they'll set up twenty grand. Right. But something major, uh, like like a debt or something, right, and then you're talking millions at that point. Right. And if you're you're you, talking millions at yeah, that point, you're talking millions at that point. 
but but millions yeah. but millions uh, is has to has to just the claimant has to justify that they're worth millions. Correct. Because they have to say, hey, you know, I was making nine figures before right. you know you killed me. You know, if you if you're making forty thousand dollars a year, you're not entitled to twenty million, right? right. So you have to you got to say. So what's what's the formula? Because I think a lot of people looking from the outside in, should I get three hundred thousand? Should I get five hundred thousand? Seven hundred thousand? And then realize that. But you know, if somebody hits me and they make a sixty thousand dollars. You're not entitled to five hundred thousand right. dollars or whatever. So what I recommend is, that, you know, the more the more you have, the more you can lose, mm-hmm. right? So right. you have some rental homes, right. and you have some assets that mm-hmm. you want to protect them. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you want to have the higher limits just right. in case that happens. Mm-hmm. It's not that much money extra per month. Maybe like twenty dollars. Oh, sure. Wow. That's uh, it. Okay. That's it. But wow. I will also add an umbrella to it. Umbrella okay. policy. Yeah. Umbrella that was going to be my uh-huh. next question. And I will have like an extra additional million dollars right. mm-hmm. of liability protection in case of losses. Gotcha. You're really protecting everything. Pe- people from Just taking your from stuff. From coming after right. you, yes. right? Because yeah. that's, that's the yeah. umbrella. That's the metaphorical. It's like it's like an umbrella. It yeah. protects yeah. absolutely yeah, everything in your sure. assets, right? So what does an umbrella policy cost for a million bucks? Three hundred a year. Three hundred a year. Four hundred a year, maybe for a million dollars. A million dollars. So two hundred dollars, two million six hundred dollars a year, right. something like that, right. give or take. Yeah, it's okay. very, very inexpensive. That, but right. you know what? That makes some. That makes sense that he's saying this to us right. because there's a lot of families and there's a lot of women in in this listener audience that are moms to teenagers, and we always worry our kids are driving out there. A lot of them are tech. Thing. They're right. with their buddies. They're with their friends. Right, right. They're adolescents. They're, they're adolescents. They're impulsive. They're going fast. I mean, as much as you try to give your kids like a like life. No, like a life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. A life, a liberty, freedom. There's still a lot of liability that's going right. on, especially when they're out with their buddies. They're out with their friends. And, and literally, yesterday I was watching the news with when I was in my mom's hospital. A kid, the kids, there were three teenagers that went through an, embar- an embarkment and they fell into like a river. Right, right. And there were 16, 17, 18, yeah. 19 permits. They had driver's permits. And that's just in my head as a mom of a teenager, she's Absolutely. 19, and soon to have a 15-year-old who's going to be driving too, it really gives me a lot of like, okay, what am I going to do to protect my kids right. and protect who we are as a it's tough out there, and that's, I think, what... And I'm glad you mentioned right. that, because yeah. I think it's an important part to, right. to mention for a lot of these, you know, the, these families and, fa- and moms like myself. I'll give you a scenario that happened to a, uh, an agent, a uh-huh. friend of mine. Uh, okay. He had a doctor, had a lot of properties. Mm-hmm. He had a son mm-hmm. that was, like, 22 years old. Son just graduated college, mm-hmm. and he was partying the night before. And he wasn't, like, he wasn't into drugs or drinking, but that day he did, you know, he did have... Smoke, right? Just celebrating with the friends. Well, but not smoking a cigarette. He's smoking something. Weed. Weed, okay. He's yeah. smoking weed. Smoking weed. Yeah. Smoking cigarettes, not yeah. illegal, right? Correct. He was smoking weed, and uh, the next day he was driving uh, in downtown Houston, and a homeless person just ran, ran into him. Like, just, and, yeah. and the person died, but it wasn't his fault. So there was a cop behind him. So a homeless person in a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Right? No, no, no. He was walking. Oh, he ran He ran over the homeless person. Yeah, he okay. ran over the homeless but it was a homeless person's fault, and Cop was behind, saw the mm-hmm. whole thing, mm-hmm. and said, don't worry about it. I, I saw it. I saw it, yeah. I know it wasn't your fault. Mm-hmm. But because there was a debt on, involved, they had yeah. to uh, do a drug test mm-hmm. on him, and he, he failed. Oh. And now it becomes a different type of lawsuit. Right. Uh, uh, they didn't have an umbrella policy. So it co- ended up costing the lawyer a lot of 
a lot of money. So it, it costs their lawyer a lot of money, yeah. right? The insurance defend, company, defend the, kid, the insurance yeah. companies are going to pay the limit of the policy. The hundred thousand, that's it. They're going to pay a hundred thousand. After that, then the insurance companies. Who's pursuing job. that lawsuit though? If the homeless person isn't yeah, pursuing it, I want to ask that question. Who's pursuing it? Is it the city of the city of Houston? He had a, no, he had a family. The person. Oh, had a family. okay. See, that's right. another yeah. situation, of course. Right. So you know, stuff like that could happen, and mm-hmm. you don't know. To me. Having an umbrella policy for three hundred, four hundred dollars a year, yes. just peace of Makes mind. Makes sense, of course. Right, and just, just sleep better. You sleep of better. Course, yeah. <laughs> I think that's a great suggestion. Yeah, I, like I think it that's too. great advice because if you're a high net worth individual, I think that's definitely worth it. It makes sense, absolutely. Right. Umberto, thank you so much for all your no, tips. Thank, thank you. Thank you for being here today and sharing all of these amazing. You know what? I think we learned a lot today. Well, I learned. I, I like the policy. And, I like the part about the umbrella policy. That I do too. Right. And like, and like, in a, in a quick recap, right. I feel like we got some really good details yep. and tips on how we can pursue insurance and not be afraid of it, but really use it as a way to protect ourselves. Right. Right. I think a lot of people have a sense of like, oh, insurance. Oh, I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to have it. But honestly, I think where you're coming from is like, protect yourself. It's good to, to, right. to be on the proactive side, right. basic, right? right? I love that. I yeah, think that's it's, important. It's fantastic because uh, yeah, no, I you agree. never know when you're going to need it. You go 10 years without having a claim. But that just really quick, I just want to ask one more question. Why is insurance always going up and it never goes down? <laughs> right. Because you don't have a claim for 10 years, right. not a homeowner's claim, not a car insurance claim, and all of a sudden it goes up. I know inflation. I know cost of standards. Right. But it always upsets me. You have one claim after ten years, right. and then your your premium went for hundred dollars a month to hundred twenty five dollars. And right. you look back, and says, and you look back, and you do the math, and you call the insurance carrier. Say, listen, you've collected twenty thousand dollars from me over ten years, right, right. and you've spent four thousand dollars me on my right. last accident. Right. I said, you got to really increase my. I'm obviously a low risk individual. Is there is it is it based on the carrier or is that kind of industry wide risk analysis kind of where they have, they're going to go after you once you get in an accident. So it's based more on their claims reserves, whether they were having reserves for claims. Okay. So let's say we have, a, like, two years ago, we had a big storm in Texas. Right. That every, the winter storm. The winter storm. Right. Every house was damaged. A lot of houses were damaged. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So they weren't prepared to pay mm-hmm. all those claims. So their mm-hmm. bucket to pay our claims went, went uh, pretty low. The reserves were now low, right? So now they had to... Get their, get their reserves right. back up. So, so it's so, not individual. It's not individual. So if, if they're flush, what you're saying is if they're flush with cash, then you're good. But if you got a major catastrophic event, then you, what you're saying is that get ready. We're all paying for We're it. all paying for it. Even if though you didn't have a claim. Correct. We're all in this together. Yes. Socialism in a capitalistic industry. Right. Fantastic. <laughs> there you go. Make sure you put that in your job. <laughs> Fantastic. Perfect. Vanguard Agency. The Vanguard Agency. Follow them. Give them your phone number one more time. Uh, 281-453-8770. You have have social media, any Instagram, website? Yeah, I have social media. What's your Instagram? Uh, The website is Vanguard Agency, LLC. Vanguard Agency, And the uh, Instagram is Vanguard Agency. You can find that on too. Yeah. And and not only that, but I'm going to be putting all of their information and all of the descriptions in the podcast episode coming up. Thank you so much. It was a really, really amazing conversation to have today. Thank you so much. Thank you.